Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is a weekend with 20 group and listed races across Europe, five group ones, four classics, two heritage handicaps, a premier handicap in Ireland. We've got a lot to get through, Watson. Uh, we've already recorded our horse-by-horse derby preview with Charlie Wilton. Go and give that a listen if you haven't yet. But there's a lot for us to get to stuck in uh, for us to get stuck into this week on Turf Talk. My name's Louis Tomlinson. As per usual, I am joined by the big man James Watson. How are you doing, bud? Very well. The sun's just gone in, just as we're about to start recording, which is probably the only negative. All back to work next week and getting ready to go. Aye, aye, and hopefully we'll be back to work. We're picking you some winners on today's podcast. Uh, as we said, we have already gone through every single horse in the derby. So this episode, we're just going to be taking a look at some of the other races. It sounds wrong to call the Oaks and the Eclipse an undercard, doesn't it? <laughs> but you'll get that BBC presenter saying that it's sexist towards the Oaks that we're calling it the undercard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, it won't be like the BBC not to have a clue what they're on about about racing, would it? Uh, <laughs> But we will start with the Oaks. Jimmy, is this a disappointing turnout? Eight runners. Yeah, at the top of my page it says two horse race. Um, very disappointing turnout. There's, there's a, I, I think it's due to the fact that the French Oaks is also on this day. Um, the Irish Oaks is later on this month, I think, as well, which is also, I, I don't think that would have been a problem. But, yeah, it's slightly disappointing. But I think the top two are nice, smart animals. Well, running through best prices, they look like either Money for Love, 2-1 to one, Frankly Darling, 5-1 to one, Ennis Tymon, 12's Gold Wand, 16's for Passion, 25's Queen Daenerys, 33's Tiempo Vela, and 40-1 to one, the outsider of the eight. Barani start. Jim, you said you think it's a two-horse race, I'm assuming... That that means between love and frankly darling. Yeah, for sure. Um, frankly darling at the top of the market, one thousand guineas winner was mightily impressive. Was also a good two year old when winning the Moigler. Um She won decisively, I thought, in the in the guineas and by four and a quarter lengths. And the form has taken knocks since. Quadrilateral slightly disappointed at Ascot. Uh, Cloak of Spirits was the same. Under the Stars is is the only one that's come out and won a listed race really since at Haydock. Um, the question mark is it's almost pitching Love against Frankly Darling. Love won over a mile last time in a classic. Frankly Darling won in a group race over a mile and three three hundred uh, mile and three furlong and hundred odd yards, um, basically a mile and four. Uh, it, it's just what you pitch against them too. Um, I don't have any doubts about Love staying a mile and four. I know there's, there's a few question marks. She's a sister to Flattering. Um, however, she does have quite speedy sisters. I think Lucky Cristal, uh, George Margison, is in that uh, side of the family. She's fairly straightforward, Love, as well. She, she is what she says on the tin. She goes out, she, she'll trap the leaders, and she'll put her head down and gallop to the line for you. I do think better ground will be the key for Love. Um, I think if there's any rain around, that could hinder her chances. I'm not saying she ran badly in the Phillies mile last year. However, that was the only time she's run with a bit of cut in the ground and, and she wasn't that impressive. I know when she won the Moigler, there was a severe bit of rain around on the day. But um, her action for me is, is of 
good ground. She's fairly straightforward, and I think even money, even money's a fair bet for her in this. You say that you have no doubts about a stamina. Is even money a fair price though, when she does have it to prove up against a horse who is clearly quite smart and doesn't have that to prove? Yeah, you can understand. I, I was expecting love to be uh, about ten to eleven. Um, rather than even money, possibly even shorter, because I know, frankly, Darling was very impressive in w- winning the Ribblesdale at Royal Ascot when beating uh, Anistimon last time out. However, I'm not 100% sure on that performance. And something in the back of my mind telling me it was almost too good to be true. Um, sat close to the pace and was fairly keen early on, I thought, frankly, Darling. Um, sort of was in the best place to challenge when the race was coming to coming back to him. Um, just what didn't settle as well as I'd have liked a horse to be running at Epsom. And I know that there will be no crowd to get jig-jogged up this year. Um, however, I, I do feel like she needs to settle a lot better if she's going to uh, be going a bit closer in this. She's got a, She showed a lovely turn of foot, I thought, between the two and the one pole to completely kill the race. And Istimon was coming on the outside and, and she didn't give her a chance at all. Lovely big striding uh, filly and a credible challenger to love. Um, and I think they're both very, very nice horses for the rest of the season. And it's a cracking prospect. I slightly disagree with you on that, Jim, about frankly darling settling. And I understand what, what you mean where, you, where you're thinking a normal year, yes, Frankly, darling, might have to iron and settle and settle slightly better to have a chance at Epsom. The way this race is stacking up, she shouldn't. She shouldn't. This isn't this isn't anything particularly stronger than the Ribblesdale, barring Love, who's got doubts about her stamina. The the second, third, and fourth from the Ribblesdale are in here, so she's already beaten three of her seven rivals last time out. Another one of them is a forty-one outsider. Another one of them is a 25 to 1 outsider. If you're frankly darling, you're thinking, I'm only worried about love and we know we stay. Mm-hmm. So, I, whilst in a normal year, I think you could say, yes, she, she might be a bit keen. That might not be what you want at Epsom. I wouldn't be fussed about it this year. I wouldn't be fussed about it. I would be looking at Ennis Timon and Gold Wand as the bets. Yeah. Ahead of the two uh, ahead of the two ones at the top of the market. Look, love is gorgeous, straightforward, so likable. Potentially will get this trip. I wouldn't I wouldn't entirely rule it out, but I wouldn't be as concrete on it as you, mate. She doesn't shape to me. I mean, yes, yeah, she, she probably will. She probably will up against this slot. She prob you know, she might be able to get away with it even if she doesn't. I would prefer, frankly, darling out of the two of them, mate. Yeah. She absolutely routed them in the Ribblesdale. But from a betting perspective, given that we've got a flat eight as well, I think Ennis Timon and Gold Wand are particularly nice bets. I know Ennis Timon, I said the best price was available for fives there, which I think is a bit short. She was sevens when I checked about an hour or so before recording. I'm not sure whether that's still around. I think she's kind of become a little bit of a wise guy horse. But she was closing at the finish. Uh in the Ribblesdale, looks like a furrow stayer, 
if they go quick, it should suit her. Just seemed particularly solid. It wouldn't it wouldn't be unheard of with Aidan O'Brien to win this with his second or third string, would it? And he's got one here that uh, we know stays the trip, has shown reasonably spark form, got to winning two lengths of a horse, half a price last time out, and with a flat eight, look, even if she's five to one, if you want to back her each way, you're getting even money on her coming in the first three. They're a daft of bets. Gold one definitely is overpriced, though. Do you think? I, I I think Gold One's got a lot to prove in this. Well, she she's rated the worst horse in the race by ten pounds. She's rated eighty nine. The second the second one above her is a Barani Star on ninety nine. But Jim, bearing in mind that Domino Darling, who was only who only beat Gold One by a neck on debut, and Gold One was sent off five that day, was ten to one for this race anti post. Gold one you can get at 12s after she's gone in and beaten Abel's younger sister first time out in what looked like a particularly strong maiden given the pedigrees of those in behind there was a sister to mask Marvel in third. You know, 12 to 1 each way, same with a flat A, I think that's a very, very fair bet, especially given that, you know, you can't say for certain that love will stay. Yeah, well, I, I think Gold one's a bit too short in my opinion I have, I have to disagree with you um, I still think she has to prove a lot I, I, and I know that on a debut she did finish second behind Domino Darling and, and a return was good but it wasn't breathtaking if you get me you know like frankly Darling's return at Newcastle was wow that was impressive whereas Gold Ones was yeah she's beat some well bred horses but she's She's just got the job done, really. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that race at all uh, in the nicest possible way. I know there were some nice bred horses, but whether they're going to actually turn out to be all right is, is a different question. I think I, I just I think if you offered me 20s on Gold One, maybe that might interest me. But that that's gone well well long ago. Um, but 14s, I think, is becoming a bit short. Oh, I I disagree, mate. With a flat eight, I think she's a very very nice each way bet. I agree that she isn't. She didn't perform quite as flashily as Frankly Darling did on a debut uh, this season. I'd say Goldons came in a better race, and also that they had different types of horse. I think Goldons are sort to tough it out and and stick her neck out. And you know, if if she's hitting hitting the front within a fur, you know, with a furlong left to run at Epsom, I just think she'll keep her head down and grind. You know, I, I can see these lot coming on quite well strung out, to be fair, mate. Yeah, and so can I. It's it all about the pace in the race. Um, I'm not entirely sure whether uh, Coolmore will want to go so much of a gallop with the question mark at Love at the Distance. Paddy Beggy booked a ride passion. Is he going to go forward? I mean, potentially, but... Would you really need a pacemaker? If 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 you were Team Bally Doyle, and that I look, if I was Aidan O'Brien, even though I've just been putting up gold one, I wouldn't be worried about her. No, you know what I mean. I, it wouldn't be in the back of my mind. Ah, we've got to go and beat Varian's horse. I'd see it as we've got two here to beat Frankly Darling, and another one who, you know, he's in the race on merit. Don't get me wrong, passion is in this race on merit. I, I don't even know whether they'd employ a pacemaker this time. 
I think I think passion will be the sacrificial lamb to just try and upset frankly darling try try and get a keen once again as early as possible but again does that is that half shooting themselves in the foot if love doesn't stay if they go a fair clip to try and blow frankly darling's head and love ends up not staying then in, then is it and it's time and who picks up the pieces yeah well that's what i was going to say there's there's two scenarios to this they, they try and wind frankly darling up and get her to be far too keen at the front love doesn't stay in any time and picks up the pieces or that they they pester frankly darling they go a good enough gallop and love stays and she'll win anyway uh, I, I think it's a win-win situation for Colmore. He doesn't use team tactics, so doesn't he? Doesn't aid him, apparently. Doesn't <laughs> use team tactics. Uh, to wrap the Oaks up then, Jim. Look, I was mean about the Irish derby last week. I'm sounding a little bit mean about the Oaks. But, like we said, it's a tactically fascinating race. You know, the fact that, this, that the field is smaller than normal and might not contain as much strength in depth... I'd be surprised if the best filly in Europe was in here, if I'm honest. Uh, but the small field kind of adds a different sort of dimension to it. And it's a fascinating, fascinating renewal. I'd be with Frank. I think, frankly, I'd rather be with Frankly Darling than, than Love. But I'd rather be playing from an each way perspective with the flat eight. And they'd be with any time. And if you can get sixes or sevens anywhere and gold one, that twelves. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on love. I, I was very very impressed by a thousand guineas winner and looked and looked like a Oaks filly when winning it. Hit the line very strong. Uh, the yard has won this seven times now, um, and I'm a hundred percent sure that this year with either uh, Ennis Diamond or Love, it will be an eight time. Yeah, and I bet his record actually with his second and third strings and those who might not have been as well found in the market. Isn't far off as as many wins as he's had with with his favourites. I know Minding was a went off fab for the Oaks, but you look at the likes of a, you know, qualify was a fair price. Was I think was uh, <laughs> forever together or together forever or whatever she was called. I don't <laughs> think she went off in the in the first colours. I will have an actual look at it, mate. I'll come back to you at the end of the podcast, but you know it. That could be worth bearing in mind as well, you know, that the strength in depth at Bally Doyle, again, could play into, not play into the hands of any time, but it's it's worth remembering that uh, horses from Aidan O'Brien's yard have popped up at fair prices in the Oaks. Which means all lump on passion each way. <laughs> all lump on passion each way, of course. That's all we're going to do as we move on. To the Coral Eclipse at Sandown, 3.35 on the Sunday. I'm really enjoying having good racing on a Sunday. Underutilised. Sundays and Fridays, we need more good racing on them days. Really enjoying. Yeah, the the, uh, the uh, card at the Cudder was absolutely ridiculous on uh, Irish Guinness Day on the Friday night. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, as... We run through the best prices of 11 to 10 for Enable, 15 to 8 Gayaf, 7 to 2 Japan, 12 Magic Wand, 20 is Regal Reality, 25 is Deirdre, 66 is Bangkok. Lord North is still in the race, but as of now, no one's offering a price for him, so I, I'd assume. I, I've that got fives. I've got fives here. 
in places. Is 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 are there some bookies not taking bets on him though? Um, he's only bet three six five that aren't. Isn't it? I clicked on Hills as well, and they weren't. Oh, fair enough. Well, Lord, yeah, Lord North actually, general fives. There's, there's a couple I'm pressing. I don't know why best odds is on, isn't showing a any actual price for him though. But Lord, Lord North's in there as well. Uh, general fives. Uh, Jim, great to see Enable back out for a six-year-old campaign. Would you back her at even money in this? No, not all. Um, she's a credit to the sport, uh, and so credit. Uh, Khalid Abdullah as well for, for bringing her back into a six-year-old career. Um, it's something that I wasn't expecting to happen. She's been an absolute superstar. It, she's attracted audiences from all around the world to watch her. And seeing her just get beaten last season in the arc absolutely broke everyone's heart in racing, especially racing bloggers as he's running down them steps. Uh, devastating. And I just didn't think she was right in France. Frankie was off her down at the start and looking round and I just had the feeling that she wasn't right and that nothing went the way she wanted and maybe went too soon. Um, I, I feel unable this season, this could be used as a stepping stone rather than what she did last year with a win. I, I don't think she's going to be primed up to be this because this is a deep, deep race with a lot of nice horses in. And as much as I'd love her to win, She's no value at the price. So, what would your handle be against her, pal? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not looking too far behind in the betting with her with Gayar. I was very, very impressed by that Coronation Cup win. And I've not exactly been his biggest fan in recent, in recent years. However, he absolutely romped home. He was out of the gates like a, fla- a flash. It set some serious fractions out in, in front. And I thought, Christ he's going to have to slow up in front but nothing got to, got to him at all uh, we saw Stradivarius in behind he wasn't quick enough which was what everyone thought about Anthony Van Dyke was staying on um, and he's been fragile in the past Gayarth we've seen he's needed long breaks from returns of races uh, we saw after that Baden-Baden victory group one that he, he wasn't right next time and he's disappointed at the top level before however Charlie Appleby was talking to, uh, to Nick Luck about him after the Coronation Cup, and he said he's come out the best of his races he's ever come out of. And maybe that's just because of his age. He's now at five. Maybe he's just taken a bit of time to mature into himself, get a bit going. He's a late developer, maybe. maybe. And I feel like dropping back two furlongs won't be a problem because we saw the speed that he had last time in the Coronation. I, I, I feel like... If he can put up another one of them performances, he won't get caught here. We spoke about that, though, after he won the Coronation Cup, Jim. I wasn't as sure he'd be as effective over 10 furlongs. You know, the, the way... Gayas' biggest strength is the way he's able to stride and maintain that pace for a longer, uh, for such a long amount of time. There's quicker horses in behind him here. You know what I mean? It's not the likes of Anthony Van Dyke and Stradivarius. He will have more of a job on to replicate what he did at Newmarket. See, I, I don't think he'll have no problem sustaining that speed. Um, I think he'll be able to do it over a mile even, probably. Um, I, I know he's quite a long striding horse, but I, I feel like he could keep up the gallop over a mile and two. And there's not a lot... Well, well what else in behind do you think will be able to keep up with him? Well, Lord North is an out-and-out 
a ten furlong horse, isn't it? Yeah, but well, my question mark with Lord North is that I thought his his uh, victory at Ascot was very impressive, but I was more concerned about the other horses in the field. I, I know it was a good performance, and maybe I was a bit harsh on it at the time, but was it? really as good as what he made out. He, he He's ended up winning by three and three quarter length. Was that distance justified on the day? And I'm not 100% sure. I'd quite like to see him do it again. Um, back it up. I, I mean, the Prince of Wales is, is the, the main race for the older horse in the season. And and I'm sure John Gosden will know if Lord North will be up to taking on a neighbour over this stage. But I'm not exactly sold on Lord North at this moment in time. Oh, I thought he showed a real turn of foot, mate. I thought he showed a real turn of foot, and I don't know. Look, I've I, I said I said about Gay okay, again after Coronation Cup. Is he just the world's best one-trick pony? And I don't think the ray this race looks like it's shaping up will play to his strength. It could. I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. But. I, I, I think the way Gayoff is better off winning his races is, you know, almost giving a free rein, let him go hell for leather, let let him build up such an advantage that that nothing's that nothing can be able to, uh, you know, to reel him in. It's harder to do over a furlong over a trip, which is definitely mate two furlongs short of his best. He's definitely better over twelve furlongs on everything we know. I I. I... On his form, yes, you'd have to agree. However, the way he went last time, you wouldn't think he had a problem. Even when he won at Maiden over a mile and two, I I, I thought that was probably more his trip. Um, I I do think that the better ground suits him over softer ground. I know there's there's not exactly that much evidence to, to put against it, and he has won on soft in France before. You've seen his victory at Newmarket was on good to firm. His victory in Baden-Baden was on good ground. I think he likes to hear his feet rattle. And I, th- I think that's also the key to him. I don't think he'll have no issue stepping down to mile and two. This is a podcast of severe like disagreements. You you like Frankly Darling. I like Love. I like Gayarth. You don't. It's, it's great. And I can't wait for this race. It's fascinating. And chucking... Deirdre in behind. I love watching Deirdre run. I love the way she comes into her races. I love the fact that the Japanese are continuing to bring her over and keep her going at the top level. Um, Chuck and Abel into the mix. Magic won the absolute international jet setter. It's it's exciting. Japan even in this. I, I think Japan's just warming to his task. We saw last time out he was disappointing. So do you think Japan will reverse the form with Lord North or Lord North will beat Japan again? I'd rather be with Lord North. Right, because I think I'd rather be with Lord North, mate. Uh, Look, there's every reason to expect Japan to improve from this one to next, but Lord North is already at a level. You know what I mean? We we have seen Lord North at his best this season. We haven't seen Japan, so so there is a question mark for him. I also think Japan's better over a mile and a half. Even though he won a, a Judmont International, I would still say this is slightly short of his best trip, whereas this is Lord North's optimum trip. Yeah, I'd agree with you that a mile and four is probably his optimum. Um, uh, probably, probably more suitable to him, sorry. Um, however, we saw him in the Judmont last season beating Crystal Ocean, wearing him down. It's it's a fascinating race because if Gayarth doesn't get the fractions right, there's the horses in behind that could close 
you really can't rule many of them out, could you? No, no, you couldn't. Make, this this could be the only time in about well, in two and a half years, you'll get odds on. Sorry, odds against for enable, mate. Which could make her a very good, a very very good bet. Bearing in mind she was practically unbeatable for three seasons, still ran a fine racing defeat in the Arc last year. You look at a Yorkshire Oaks win over Magical, Anna winning this race last year over Magical. Who, let's be fair, if she rocked up in this, would be fav without yeah. enable. You know what I mean? So I know it gets a little bit, not a little bit boring, but people just kind of assuming enable. Enable turns up and wins and that people have got to try and look for angles to get a beat. But on form last season, even even disregarding her winning arcs in 2018 and 2017, uh, her form last season is still the best in this field. So yeah. I think she might be a fair price at a shade longer than even money. Yeah, first time out, she's not a price I want to be looking at. And I know she won this last year and was very impressive over course and distance. However, I feel like as she's getting older, she's getting a bit more streetwise and knowing her job. And she just might not be quite ready for this. She's never been beaten by Gayaf or Japan when they've both tried. It was the first time for everything. Rules are there to be broken. Magic won 4-5. Never finished ahead of her. You know, it's regal reality. Never finished ahead of her. I think a Gosden horse wins. I'd be with Enable. And if I was to look to play against Enable back in the without favourite market, I'd be with Lord North if she turns up. Although I do yeah. think Deirdre is overpriced at 25s. I know she was quite bad, let's be fair, uh, out in Saudi Arabia last time out. She got beat by Port Lions, who used to run in Ireland for Madeleine Talicki, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, that's not that's not brilliant. But look, third in the champion stakes, you're fourth in the Irish champion. She won the Nassau, obviously. Back to that sort of form, could see her hit the frame. She's twenty five to one. They're a dafter each way bets. Yeah, and especially is it the is it eight runners even better? Happy days, mate. It's enable for me. Um, it's Gayaf for me. I mean, as much as I'd like, I'd quite like Enable to win, if I'm being honest, but um, I, I think Gayaf's the bet. Let's switch our focus now to one of the two uh, heritage handicaps at the weekend. Lots of angles here in the Coral Challenge over a mile, three o'clock at Sandown. And the bet general best price is 9-2 Montafam. Five to one Dark Vision, five to one Mutasami, seven to one Motor KL and Streak Lightning, tens for a quitted cognac overwrite, twelves a fart alternative fact, fourteens Baltic Baron, Beat Lebon, Brian Epstein, Kesar, Shalia and Via Serendipity, sixteens Barley, Big Puzzle Jim, have you solved it? Um sort of. Um I think they should rename this to the Shake Hamdan. Coral Challenge. Um, he's got three very good chances in this with uh, Montafam, Mutasami and Mohakatal. Um, I think Montafam probably deserves his place at the head of the market. He was a good, good winner uh, on his return to racing and he ran a good second to Dart Vision uh, at Ryalas Got. He's up £3 for that. 
and he gets the booking of Jim Crowley. So he's clearly the first string. Um, Dark Vision was second on debut at Newcastle. The first three have all won again since from that from that performance. The Busker then went on, on and won again at Ascot. And fifth position has also won at Doncaster since. Um, I'm looking more towards the bottom of the weights because there's, there's a few in this. He, he needs a few to drop out to get in. I think, but into faith is a horse I quite like. He was fought to Palace Pier in his maiden, uh, and then wore one in France on very soft ground. And he had a nice reappearance at Newbury. He was never really in the in the race, and I'm expecting it to be a bit softer this weekend. If the ground does come soft, and he's running out the handicap, I, I think he could run well at a decent price. He's about 25s at this moment. I might not even get in, but. Um, Trainer had a few nice winners early on, David Minutier. I just feel like 25s is a generous price, and there's a few that are jocked up elsewhere, and I'm expecting a few to drop out. But he's a horse I quite like. And the other one I've landed on is another Sheer Camden horse, is Afak uh, at 12 to 1. I fancied him for the Royal Hunt Cup at Royal Ascot this time. He's now £1 above that win in 2019. And he didn't run that badly in, in, in 2020. He, he was ridden more prominently than I was expecting, and he, he just got picked off late on. And I feel like Sandown's more of a track for a front-runnery style just sit behind the leaders, which I think he is. And I think his handicap mark is still fair, 105. If they can get an apprentice to, to claim off him, that'll be even better. I think he'd put out his odds at 12s. Yeah, it's, there are quite a lot in this gym that could fit the bracket of group horse in a handicap, isn't there? Yeah. Montafam and Dark Vision are probably both capable of competing at listed quality, based off what they showed at Royal Ascot. I know Dark Vision's been around the block a bit, but he's been really good so far this year, back up to a mark of 106, £9 higher than he was at the start of the season. And Montafam's progressing really, really well now, up to a mark of 100. Those two are probably the right two at the top of the market. And Motokaya, the winner of the Buckingham Palace, again, fairly lightly raced, now up to a mark of 105. You'd be, I mean, if you were trainer of any of those three, they're all Sheikh Hamdams, they're all in different yards, so you'd be hoping this will be the last start we have in a handicap for a while. Uh, I have an interesting one, mate. Go on. Down the bottom... And is at twenty five to one. What do you make of Alan King's Chates, who's now nine, won the Spring Cup at Newbury last season on one of his only two starts last year, uh, was pitched into Diamed on his first run for over over a year last time out, and he's a horse who was held his form quite well in big handicaps when he's when he's being asked to. He won the uh, the Spring Cup at Donny. Sorry, the Spring Mile, the Lincoln Consolation Race back in 2015, which is absolutely mental. There can't be too many horses running from 2015, still knocking about in similar sorts of races. Uh, but they threw him into a Group 3 last time out. Bit of fitness, first run for over a year. Was never really threatening, and it was a good Group 3 for the level century dream, obviously, the winner that day. I'm just interested, he's, he's in a mark of 104, we know Alan King is in form on the flat, and it wasn't too long ago, you know, only three starts ago really, he was winning races similar to this. Yeah, a fair case made for him, uh, 
he won that off 99. He is five pound higher, higher here. You could you couldn't you couldn't say he's not without a chance. He could be slightly overpriced. Um and even when you look at him after that in that Haydock handicap, he didn't run that badly. I know he went off favourite. Um ground's the key to him though. I think yeah, I think he's got a nice soft ground action. I think yes, true. that's that's what he needs and if there's any rain at Sandown, which at the minute is good, I, I don't think that will be in his favour. No, that, that 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 that's a very very fair point. To be honest, mate, he's a horse who does who likes to uh, stick his toe in. Again, I'd give I put him up for Royal Ascot as well, but I would give another chance to Brian Epstein. He's uh, racing here off a three pound higher mark. He went in that Royal Ascot off ninety five. He's off ninety eight here, which isn't isn't particularly ideal, especially because he came home eleven foot. He was on the wrong side. Still, was only six or so lengths behind the winner that day. I hope there's a big one in this horse this season. Uh, might be slightly up against it here. Be interesting to see what the draw says. It's a fascinating, fascinating handicap. Probably the best handicap mile of the season so far. You've got three horses coming off the back of really, really good ones at Royal Ascot. Mutasami won't win the last time out. Streak lighting unbeaten in two starts. Cognac will win the last time out. Same with Overright. And then you've got the likes of a Fark in here who we just know goes well in this sort of race. Fascinating renewal. Yeah, and I, I, you mentioned Street Lightning and Konya. Mark Johnson's got a, a nice hand in this, and, and they're very unexposed three-year-olds that probably might outrun the odds and uh, probably be there or thereabouts. The other big handicap at the weekend, pal, is the old Newton Cup, as they bet a general... Sorry, mate. Sorry. Right. 3720. I had, I had I had uh the two oh five at Haydock up with subjectivist at the top and that's not the old Newton Cup. <laughs> I had the uh, the Yorkshire Oaks up. <laughs> that's that again, sorry. Three, two, one and they bet seven to one best price of Favis Laffey. For Sir Michael Stout, eight to one. Babos Boy, Deja and Herovian. Same with Ladonda V, Ranch Hand, Tens Future Investment, Scarlet Dragon. Then looking at twelves for Country, Indianapolis, Rabdan, fourteens Caradoc, Medal Winner, Restorer and Sam Cook, sixteen to one. Bar then, Jim. It's your local track. You like a big handicap? Who wins the Old Newton Cup? You've you've mentioned him towards the price fourteen. He was a bit bigger early on in the day. But it's Sam Cook of. We're on the same page. I am a massive fan of this horse, and I've been waiting for his return. And I am wearing my light blue shirt in honour to honour the Chelsea thoroughbred colours. Um, lightly raced fire or related to Diocletian. He won a York novice race at the end of his two-year-old career, and I, I was very impressed by that performance. Um, he then kept, went on to his three-year-old career, and in May. He won a handicap at Chester. He sat seventh. He was well away, but got shuffled back a bit. They went a good gallop. He looked slightly keen, and, and, he, and he was pretty green. And he was posted to almost last, uh, as they were just about to come into the back straight. And he circled the whole field. He travelled beautifully and showed a great turn of foot to win causally. And he's been off for over a year, which, which is obviously a negative. 
However, he has run well fresh in the, in, in the past. And I feel like he's got a serious chance in this. He's, he's so much potential. Uh, he won off 85. He's running in this off 92, seven pound higher. I still think there's a lot more to come for him. And as a horse, I'm a massive fan of. I've been waiting for him. And I was looking forward to probably seeing him in a York handicap. And at one of them nice prizes, I thought he'd be there having won there previously. But I think he's got an absolutely outstanding chance at 14 to 1. I think he's going to be end up rated higher than 100. I think he could be a listed horse. Yeah. And so I think 92 is an absolute gift of a mark, mate. We're on the exact same page. I'm all over Sam Cook for this. I think 14s is a great price. Beat Larry at Chester on his only start as a three-year-old. You know, he's a fairly useful horse. So also just Hubert, who you were talking about for the Northumberland plate last season, was in behind that day, as was Western Charmer who went and finished third in the Duke of Edinburgh at Royal Ascot, if I, if I remember rightly, behind Skylet Dragon and Deja, who also were entered in this. But if, if, if there's a horse who is just, we have not reached the bottom of in this race, it's surely Sam Cook. It's surely him. I, I think he could be upwards of £10 below his mark. Yeah. Below his mark, sorry. And in, in a big competitive handicap, look, it's, it's, it's a bit of a big ask for him to come here off the back of over a year off, still only had four career starts, but I'd be hopefully was up to it. I'd be really hopefully was up to it. Won a 16, won a uh, novice race at York on his last start as a two-year-old, so you wouldn't expect a big field to cause any sort of problem for him. He's experienced this sort of race before. I just hope he has the know-how and that he retains his ability, and if he does, he should win. Yeah, and as the famous Sam Cook sang, bring it on home to me. It's a good job you know Sam Cook's a singer. Last time we talked about Chelsea, a Bond Bond. you said the name of all the Bond villains. <laughs> good and job. You know what, mate? I, I actually, I actually had a check on on the uh, Chelsea Thoroughbreds website just to check whether whether they had any Bond villains still in training. They don't. Was Humphrey Bogart a, a Bond villain? We've been through this, mate. Is he active? You know the film oh, Casablanca? Yeah. yeah, we have had this conversation on the podcast and in person. <laughs> Three times, Humphrey Bogart, not a Bond villain, a real man. <laughs> I'll have to just give a few more mentioning this as well, um, because it is a very deep handicap. I think Laffey deserves to be favourite. Uh, fairly consistent over this trip and, and a good winner at Newbury last time. He is up £9 for that. Uh, he's a good chance, but I do think he's a plausible and positive that Kingscott's been booked the master of Haydock in recent weeks. We've seen him picking up races left, right and centre. Dejar is a horse that I liked for Ascot. He's a very likely race five-year-old. He was a good second to Scarlet Dragon, as I've mentioned. And he, he was very keen throughout that race. If he settles a bit better, I think he, he'll be there or thereabouts. He was put £5 for his second behind Scarlet Dragon. And I've got to give them the old boy, Uke and Glenn, a mention. Consistent handicapper who was off for two years prior to uh, winning the John Smith Cup. And, and had a nice return in the listed race behind Red Verdon at Doncaster. It's a tough task, this off top weight, against some nice horses. But I, you couldn't rule him out. He's an ultra-consistent horse in these sorts of races. And he's a horse that you'd adore to, love, uh, to own. Yeah. I agree, mate. You can get a bit of a legend. There are a couple in here that I also think are worth are worth mentions. 
like you said, Deja, Scarlet Dragon 1-2 at the Royal Meeting last time. Deja coming from a draw that was less than advantageous. Peter Chapelheim's five-year-old, still likely raced to one his age, could have a bit more improvement in him. Uh, Herovian has looked for a while like a horse who could win a big handicap. Already being out twice this season, one last time at Doncaster beating Archie Perkins. He's up to a mark of 102, so that's, that's up £6. He, he should have one of these in him. It's just whether this is today. This, he's generally been campaigned over 10 furlongs. And I, I wouldn't be sure he'd be crying out for the step-up-in trip. Uh, but he's interested. He's one to bear in mind for handicaps going forward as well. He's long looked like a horse with a big one in him. And I'd give Ranch Hand another mention as well, who, who we spoke about going into Royal Ascot. Look, no one could cope with Fujera Prince that day. It wasn't a bad reappearance from Ranch Hand, though, coming home in sixth. Again, another one who is fairly lightly raced. Drop Another drop back in trip could see him to better effect. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out, but I'm all over Sam Cook, mate. Yeah, so so am I. And together we are Sam Cooks all, all the way. I think he's got a cracking each way price. He was 25 this morning when I was looking deeply into this race. And he, he's the angle that I'm going for. He came up in my tracker the other day and I'm thinking, oh, that's all right. Um, so at least at least we get to see him again. Now, those were the only four races James and I decided to talk about uh, in depth on the podcast. We said there's so much to so much to touch on that we might as well just freestyle the rest of the pod. So the Lancashire Oaks is at two forty. Uh, the bet general price is seven to four. Coat Joint Favs, MBH, Fanny Logan, Freeze, Manuela de Vega, seven to one Caballetta, Tens Antonio de Vega, De Malio, twelve bar them. Jim, this is a good renewal. Yeah, um, John Gosden got the key as well, uh, with Rafe Becky as well. His two nice fillies also in this. I, I, I think Envihar sets the standard, I think, in this, having won the race last year, beating Dramatic Queen, and then at Doncaster won the Park Hill, and I, I thought won that fairly well in the end. Would say was possibly disappointing in France. Um, but the race never really went the way that NBR wanted, so I'd, I'd put a line through that. Um, Fanny Logan, we saw her at Ascot. If she, if she does turn up here, I'm not not entirely sure that she will. Um, but she won the Hardwick well, and Manuela de Vega, who conquered Fanny Logan last time out, um, all the way winner in the Pinnacle. A, a fascinating race, lots of nice horses in it. I'd probably give Manuela de Vega another another go. She's she's coming to the boil now. Um, she's had, she'll have had the experience of a run against MBH, um, and I, I think eleven to four is a fair price. This is a proper proper Phillies group too, mate. Yeah. You know, almost every horse in this is up to this level. I absolutely love MBH. She's absolutely yeah. made of granite that mare. Uh, Dropped back down in trip because she did step her up to 1-6 last season and that's probably why she showed her best form. Uh, did edge out Dramatic Queen in this last season. I guess, mate, the best recent form, even though she's conceding the penalties held by Fanny Logan in the Hardwick. Saying that, though, 
is that just us assuming that the Hardwick was a better race than the one she was beaten in here at Haydock, the pinnacle, uh, by Manuela de Vega, because it's an open group too, and it's at Royal Ascot. Is it possible that the Phillies are just generally better? Yeah, yeah, you could say that, that if that Hardwick was a group three, I don't think I would have noticed. Um, I mean, the, the horses that were in it have all been grade one horses in the past, or there or thereabouts, most of them. However, it was a group two in name, mostly. Um, and it was a funny sort of race as well. Larkham kicked for home as if you know, he was an out-and-out mile and four. Before, kept Anthony Van Dyke in, didn't let him get going. I think Fanny Logan's run last time was, was I wouldn't say a fluke, but it was... Uh, what's the word? I can't describe It was more unexpected. Yeah, I, I I didn't see it coming, but look, she's she's a solid group class filly, um, and again, it's 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 a good form line. There, there are so many of these you can make a case for, mate. It's a fascinating contest. I'd probably, I'd probably, just about side with Manuela de Vega in this, mate. Are we agreeing again? We've gone from the beginning of the podcast to disagreeing in all the big races. And now we've gone to agreeing in a handicap in this group too. I, I like I like I do I like all three of these De Vega fillies. The, the best the best of them, I think, is Feliciano. Yeah. And we've not seen her yet this season. But I, I'm I'm fans of Manuela and Antonia as well. Uh I I, I do. I'd 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 be with I'd be with Manuela De Vega. I know she was given a very, very good ride by Rob Hornby last time out and it's probably going to be harder with her to get away with the same tactics but on the form line of Fanny Logan going on to win the Hardwick well Manuela de Vega gets weight off her I'd be happy enough to go for the Rafe Beckett filler yeah I, I think I would be as well um, do you not does it not annoy you that they're all called something de Vega that, that slightly aggravates me oh I do have to check which one's which because I, I forget which one's which and I find it very uninspiring by uh, Waverley Racing, I'd, I'd quite like them to just name them something completely different. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, just just call her Manuela or Antonia, if you like that part so much. There's no need to put De Vega at the end, is there? <laughs> Apart from the route uh, of Lope De Vega, that, that's the only reason. I hope it gets to the stage where they start doing Galileo Gold behaviour. Oh. And just start naming them all De Vega, even when they buy Bungle in the jungle. <laughs> That'd really grab my gears. Oh, you'd be fuming. There'd be steam coming out of your ears, mate. Where do you want to go next? Uh, shall we go to France? We'll go to France then, mate. Sean T on the Sunday is the Prix du Jockey Club and the Prix Diane on the same day. A couple of... English and Irish representatives going over there, obviously, Armory and Mishriff in the Prix de Jockey Club. You're a big fan of Victor Ladorum, though, mate. Yeah, I think he's got a very, very good chance. Put a line through his debut at Longchamp. He clearly will have needed that run. But his win in the French 2000, uh, he was held up. And I thought he looked slightly outpaced and he wasn't really in the race. However, he soon made up that ground on the inside kept on really strongly and I was nothing but impressed with him. He looks like a horse that saves a fair bit for himself. 
and I, I still think there's a fair bit to, to go. Yes, he has to step up in trip four furlongs, uh, sorry, two furlongs. However, I don't think that will be no issue to him. Uh, he's been given the draw today of one, which I think is a lot better than his stable companion, Ocean Atlantique, who's second in the market. He's drawn out in the car park. Um, I, I think Victor Ladorum, uh this is his chance to stamp authority on the uh, French Dane division. Who would the big danger be for you, mate? You, I'd have to say Mishrif. Um, his win at Newmarket was good. I think the, the form's been backed up behind Vulcan Star, then went on to win the fairway the other week at New, Newmarket. He finished second, uh, Mishrif, in Saudi Arabia, in the Saudi Derby. I thought that was another good run. Final song was in behind him that day. He's sort of a forgotten about horse, really, because he didn't have a flashy, two flashy performances on his debut. Maybe that didn't strike him with anything that was that people thought. But I, I think Mishrif's form last time out, Volconig's obviously bumped into an absolute superstar in, in highest ground since. And I think he's a decent each-way bet, uh, Mishrif. Um, however, I do think Victor Ladaran will take all the beating. If I was to go against Victor Ladorum, Jim, it would be with Pau Alto, with Maxim Guion on board, who's been slightly underrated considering he beat Ocean Atlantic uh, first start last season at Longchamp in the uh, pre-La Force over one mile and one furlong. But he won a listed level at two-year-old. That that made very little sense. I've said several words there in the wrong order. <laughs> uh, it was a listed winner as a two-year-old. Uh, very, very smart form. And what price have you got for him, Jim? I currently have five to one open for him. What's Ocean Atlantic? Falls. Yeah, shouldn't be that disparity. You think it should be the other way around? Power Alto definitely shouldn't be bigger. Yeah, I think it's the fact that Ocean Atlantic probably needed his first one. We saw in his two-year-old career he did as well. Um that he, he, he takes a bit of time to come to the bar, whereas Palato was quite clearly ready to go first time out. Ocean Atlantic was impressive last time out at Deauville when winning that listed race. However, he does have to find with Powell Alto, as you've said. Yeah, the Ocean Atlantic's one which impressed me most in was when he broke his maid and that song Clue when he beat the horse named after me. Oh, no. Sexy man. Disappointing. <laughs> uh, I knew you wouldn't like that. Uh, would you back Victor Ladorum? I'd, I'd do him in a double with the winner of the Prix de Diane. We'll move on to that then, mate. Who's that going to be? Uh, and it's a horse that I massively, massively love, and it's Alpine Star. I know it's not like me to be tipping favourites, is it? But I'd, I'd be willing to give you... I'd be giving myself some slack here, uh, some stick here, Lewis. I've tipped love, favourite. Gay Alf, and no, Gay Alf's not favourite. Um, but I think Alpine Star's a good bet at 5 to 2. Um, I was, I, I've always been a massive fan of her, and she was absolutely breathtaking in the coronation. Um, and I, I'm of the opinion she wants a, a slight bit further. Um, I think the ground is currently given a soft at Chantilly, which I, I don't think will be no problem. Um, there's some nice horses that are running in behind this, but nothing has as good a form as Alpine Star. 
we saw that coronation stakes. She beat quadrilateral. She beat all the horses that needed to be beat. Sharing ran a cracker. Um, she's, she'd, uh, in a two-year-old career, she'd won the group two and she beat Santiago on a second start, who we then saw went on to win the Irish Derby. Uh, I think all the forms there, Stefan Pasquier gets the leg up. Uh, nice to see Donica O'Brien with fancy blue in this. Um, stayed on well in the Irish 1000. He, uh, She could be, sorry, the, the each way back bet with Speaker the Devil, who I think should have won the 1000 guineas and I think will be the best, best horse out of that race. It's a really, really, really exciting race. Uh, but an Alpine star and Victor Ladaran double. I'm just hoping Skybet don't do that because whenever they do these big race doubles, they jinx everything. Is this better than the Oaks? Yes. Uh, I the, agree. Alpine uh, star, peaceful, fancy blue, Rabi her. This is as deep a Phillies group one as we've seen this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's a better race than the Coronation, and I thought that was a fairly solid race. Uh, Everything's in it that that should be. It would have been nice to see probably Peaceful or Fancy Blue go for the English uh, Oaks. Uh, However, I I do think this is a deep race. And I I think Alpine Star, if she's come out of that race from Ascot well enough, she has to have a serious chance in winning this. I'd have been with Fancy Blue in the Oaks. So so would I. I. I think Fancy Blue would have been a solid each way play. And... But I don't really want to be with her here because I think Alpine Star is very special. Like you say, oh, Donica should have gone for Epsom, lad. Uh, they're two really, really good fillies. Obviously, Peaceful beat Fancy Blue in the Irish Guineas. Of the domestic team, Jim, would you be would you be keener on Speak of the Devil or the unbeaten Jean-Claude Rouget filly Rabiha? I'm a fan of Speak of the Devil. Um... I know Rabi has fairly unexposed. However, speak of the devil, been there, done it, bought the T-shirt, second in that 1,000 guineas, uh, ran well enough on, on return at, at Longchamp. Um, and I, I, I feel like speak of the devil, maybe if the race had gone a bit differently, I think the step up two furlong will suit. Uh, I, I fell into the trap of, uh, was it the Rougier horse that won at the weekend? Was it Simine? Um in the in the 1000 I, I think horses in France the way the races are suited you need to have had a few more runs and know what's going on um, not just two wins in, in, in lousy races and you could have said that the same about Speak of the Devil uh, however it was slightly disappointing um, but probably at the price Speak of the Devil is more up my street so it's a uh... Double for Jimmy in France, Victor Ladorum and Alpine Star. Two really, really good renewals of the French classics over there. I'm going to bring us back to Britain, Jim. I want to touch on the Coral Charge where Art Power is 9-4-5. to four, five. He's also declared in Ireland. He's got Colin Keane on board in Ireland at Cork, I think, is it? Um, it's in the Sioux Nation. Is, it oh, not is that, that Nace on the Saturday then? It's, it's on the Saturday, I think, at Nace. Yes, it is. And that's also got Mill Isle and Royal Liver Minute. That's quite a tidy little race, whether that power turns up or not. But at Sandown, Jim, he's got Laz Yulai at 5-2 to two in opposition, 4-1 to one Liberty Beach, 8 Ali, Dakota Gold, El Astronauti, and Tis Marvellous, 9's Made in India, 12's Tarbouche, 14's 
your friend Shades of Blue. And Caspian Prince is in there at 20s. What a boy. Our mates further down the field as well. We were talking about it last week, Jim. I love the way sprinters... You know, the likes of Caspian Prince and Ornate flip between the handicaps and the group races and then back to a handicap and then back to a group race. This is a strong group three, though. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And all the good sprint horses have come out uh, in, in this. Um, I can't wait to see Alaska and Ortega again. He's an absolute legend, isn't he? He's, he's something to get excited about. I think the Quins could have a good weekend with, uh, I think, Safe Voyage. I'll just briefly mention, he's running in the Surrey Stakes at Epsom later uh, on the Saturday. But this could be a serious speed race, couldn't it? You've got the likes of Ornate, El Astronauti, Caspian Prince going forward. Um, Lazuli, we saw last time out the speed he had. Uh, Art Power, if he turns up, I don't think he will. Um, and Liberty Beach, who brings in the grade one from from the King Stand. Absolute fascinating race. Probably probably be leaning with Lajulai at the minute. I, I was impressed with his win uh, over course and distance last time out. And I, I said after the race that I loved him to run through the King Stand. Um, I think five furlongs is certainly where his future should be landing. Alali's also in this, who's a horse I fancy for the King Stand who didn't turn up who've missed that, was disappointing on debut, might not have trained on, um, it didn't exactly look full of size and scope uh, as a two-year-old, and and same again on his return. A really interesting race, but I'd probably go Lazuli to win El Astronauta each way at this moment in time. I'd agree with you about Ali. Yeah. All over, just a a very, very forward two-year-old. to be fair, I wouldn't have run him over six furlongs last time out. I'd have, I think he's five all day long. But I wouldn't be surprised if the three best uh, three-year-old five furlong horses in Britain are in this, in Art Power, Lazuli and Liberty Beach. Liberty Beach ran a cracker behind Batash last time out in the uh, in the Kingstand, came home in third. Lazuli just looked absolutely rapid in winning that listed race over C and D last time out. And Art Power, Jim... He's just going to be a bit special, I think. Do you have that feeling? I think this race suits more than more than Ireland. Yeah. Even though he's won over six, I could see him being an out-and-out speedball, proper five furlong type. Yeah, you saw the pace that he utilised at Ascot. Um, and I know he's won over six. I think he'd be fascinating in the July Cup. Uh, I know that's pitching him fairly deep, and this could be a stepping stone to it. But I'd quite like to see him in that. But like, but like you've said, the fact that there are so many absolute speed balls in this, the fact that Art Power was one over six is probably a plus. Yeah, it, it would help, wouldn't it? Because he will go absolutely hell for leather. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's going to be like when cartoons where when, when people start, you know, the legs start going on fire. <laughs> it's going to be brilliant, mate. I love this race. Uh it could be the quickest race ever. It could be quicker mate, than the Abbey. Mate, it, it, this is really, 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 really good. Lots of likeable horses. Lots of horses going the right way. Uh, I think Paul wins it if he turns up. I think he wins in Ireland if he goes there, though, even though I think that's probably a slightly easier race in Ireland, if I'm honest. Uh, if he doesn't, though, I think I'd be with Liberty Beach. Yeah. Gets weight all round for being a three-year-old filly. 
And on, on recent form, I guess the Kingsland third is actually probably the best recent run of this lot in basic form terms. We love El Astronauti on this podcast, though, and I'm sure we'd both be cheering him on. We love Caspian Prince, to be fair. We love Ornate. I quite <laughs> like Tarbouche as well. It's just a happy race. It's a happy race. That's the best way to put it. It is a, I can't wait to watch it run, and I'm not really bothered whoever wins as long as they all run well and come back safe so that we can see them another day. In it, in it. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm all looking forward to this in the derby. <laughs> oh, don't tell done, anyone. Should have done a runner by runner. <laughs> ha! Oh, mate, there would have been no point doing a runner by runner for this cor- for this uh, coral t- coral charge or whatever it's called. It'd just be me going, oh, they're really fast and I really like them. <laughs> oh, a ten. Oh, give him a ten. Give him all. Give him a ten. We love our night on this podcast. Ten out of ten. Uh, you did mention Safe Voyage, who goes in the Surrey Stakes. That's a tidy little. Uh, listed race shine so bright second five there seven to two safe voyage is the favourite uh, at around six to four Derek also there four to one six as Vale of Kent uh, oh this is us fives and twelve to one Jack's point and that's that race where else do we want to go Jim Cloak of Spirits and Furat vying for favouritism in the Princess Elizabeth any opinion on that um, Furat uh, was very impressive last time out um, I, th- I think she could potentially be something special. Um, Cloak of Spirits obviously brings in the Group One form into this. I'm I'm probably leaning towards for that because she could potentially be special. Um, but I, I don't really have a strong opinion on that. Um, but it's a fascinating weekend of racing. There's the the Henry the Second as well. Um, which looking like a deep race. I can't, I can't wait. I'm going to be sat glued to my chair for the whole of the weekend. What an exciting weekend! We will talk about the Henry the Second and just for a little bit running through prices: fifteen to eight in AF Road, seven to two Cross Counter, five's Dashing Willoughby, six is Moonlight Spirit. Then you're looking at seven to Spanish Mission and Withhold, nine to one Red Verdon, tens here by Summer Moon and fourteens Bar. Then Jim, this is every good stayer apart from Stradivarius. Yeah, um, Nayef Road you saw ran a cracker when second behind Stradivarius uh, at Royal Ascot and Cross Counter brings in that form as well behind uh, in third. I, I do think Dashing Willoughby's slightly overlooked in the market once again. Good winner on debut in that Buckhound Stakes. I think that wasn't a too bad a race um, for the level. Does have to step up again here. Um, however, I, I, he come back looking better than ever. And now at the age of four, maybe he's just taking a bit more time to, to come to the boiler. I think he could be a decent price in this at this moment in time. And good old Red Verdon uh, is in this, who's a horse I adore. I've probably followed him well off a cliff. And it was nice to see him get his head in front last time at Doncaster. He clearly likes that course and distance. Um, but uh, you've got to respect Nayef Road last time. If that If that performance hasn't knocked the stuffing out of him that much. He's become a really, really likeable horse. Uh, I've always been full of his potential. I've always thought he's going to be a superstar. <laughs> and uh, he, he's clearly showing it cross-counter. Would you say cross-counter's been slightly disappointing in recent years? Uh, potentially. Potentially. If... <sighs> I guess after he won the Melbourne Cup, you'd have expected him to hit higher heights. 
So that does make him disappointing. But I don't think he's been bad. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think on form this season, Nayef Rhodes improved a hell of a lot. Was was a fairly reasonable three-year-old last year as well. One group three, he's placed in the ledger. Taking his form to another level last, last time out. Did a hell of a lot wrong in the Gold Cup as well. And still managed to finish a clear second. So I hope he gets another group three in the bag. Again, it's it's a cast of familiar faces and really... There's probably not as much between the likes of Wiz Hold and Nayef Road as the betting actually suggests. You know, Nayef Road's 15 to 8, so we'll call that the shade shorter than 2 to 1. Wiz Hold 7 to 1. On general ability, there's not 5 points between them. No, there's not. You know, it's 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 a tidy, tidy race to stay as. Uh, my mate Jim the Loch Ness Monster, she's in, entered in the Gala Stakes. <laughs> Good old aloe vera. Does she exist? <laughs> Can we send a search party out to Beckett's to see if if she actually does? This is the fourth podcast in a row. Well, the fourth week in a row. I've mentioned aloe vera for a race. We've still not seen her. And she is jocked up with Ross Ryan on board on Saturday. She's a general 12 to 1 to win the Gala Stakes. I mean, she was jocked up last Saturday as well and she didn't turn up. <laughs> so I don't think that means anything. It's a good listed race over the Gala Stakes, 11 to 4 Giant Favs, Fox Chairman, and Global Giant, the John Gosden Horse, Falls, Aspatar, 9 to 2 Spotify, 11 to 2 Dubai Warrior, Manny Core coming over for Andre Fab, 8 Thunderous, and then 12s is Bigfoot herself. Uh, any, any opinion on the Gala Stakes, Jim? This is a good race. Yeah, it's not a race that I've, I've looked in great detail for. Dubai Warrior, at the start of his career, everyone thought the world of him. He's, he's slowly got his act together on the all-weather. He, he carries a fair old bit of weight round here. Uh, could struggle uh, in this. Uh, Global Giants got Frankie booked up. Um, he won well last time out in that conditions race. Um, and he, he used to be with Ed Dunlop, didn't he? Um, Obviously, could be some more progression to come from him. I think Gallo Vera is interesting in this if she turns up. Uh, we've talked about her potential, and, uh, and hopefully one day she will show it. Uh, and I won't be all gone on Thunderous just yet. I thought that was a good return behind Vulcan Star the other week in the fairway, uh, as I mentioned. Um, I, I, it's not a race I know an awful lot about, but certainly interesting. Yeah, as we've said as well, there's absolutely loads more good racing we're not going to have a chance to talk about this weekend. There are some good horses entered in races we're not going to be able to analyse. You've got Search for a Song in the Munster Oaks at Cork on Saturday. Uh, Monarch of Egypt's entered in the Ballycor Estates at Fairy House, the Group 3, over seven furlongs. Uh, I'd also like to give a mention to Jim... And this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous on a day, on a weekend, sorry, with 20 group and listed races and five group ones. But there's a horse in the mare's hurdle at Bellius Town. Oh, no. <laughs> a mare's maiden hurdle. And she might not even get in, mate. She's third reserve. <laughs> but hand in my pocket for uh, John McConnell. I think she might be fairly decent. Came within a head of winning on a Rose debut up at Musselburgh 
later in the season. The horse who beat her that day was Kearney Hill of Brian Ellison, who has since won again at Donny. Her point form as well. She didn't win in a point-to-point, but she was second to Queensbrook, the good bumper mare of Gordon Elliott's. Uh, the best bet of the weekend is in the mare's maiden hurdle at Belliestown, and she's third reserve hand in my pocket. Everyone lump on. <laughs> that's ridiculous. As if you've got all this group one action on, on the flat, and that's still not good enough for jump superfan LT. Always up the twig jumpers. Everyone loves them more, apart from Alan King. Uh, I think I think that's us for this week, pal. Yeah, we've got to do our naps next best in reserves now. I'm going to go, mate. Well, I don't want to nap the reserve because that's bottling it. That's like you putting Master Tommy Tucker up every week. <laughs> Tip horses that aren't going to run. Shall I nap Sam Cook? Well, shall I be a git? Go on. The one I was assuming you're going to put up. Go on, I can swap around. I can flip flop. I'll I'll nap Sam Cook then to win the. Uh, to win the old Newton Cup. I do really, really like him. My next best mate. Oh, there's so much to go from. I know I've got about six horses that I want to put into a space of three brackets. Yeah. I think my next best pal could be probably Safe Voyage. <laughs> yeah. In the Surrey Stakes. Was that another one on your list? Yeah, scribble him off. <laughs> and I'll go I'll go Nayef Road as my reserve then. Oh panic over. Panic over. So yeah, Sam Cook, safe voyage Nayef Road, mate. Uh, or Art Power wherever he turns up actually. Art Power. Well he's not on mine, so we're alright. Uh, I'm going global. I'm going Alpine Star the Nap in the. Can we do that? We are playing the RTR Nap Cup. We can't invent a new country for them. <laughs> so do they all have to be in England then? Well, England. That is what the Nap Comp is. You know, I can't. Well, Nap. We'll I go can't Nap Leeds to beat Blackburn, can I? <laughs> <laughs> I? I'd strongly advise Blackburn on that on on that case. Um, I'm going to go... We'll go Nap Russian Emperor. Go on. I've seen as I was so bullish the other day. Yeah, uh, I like that. Next best, Love. And... Let, let's think. Where else can we go? Um, and I'll go reserve Sam Cook. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, it is fair enough. I have done my Aidan O'Brien Oaks research. And in fact, his first three winners were actually the... Uh, the shortest price of his of his runners, his first winner, Chartouche, was his only runner in 1997. But Imagine and Alexandrova both went off favourite. The rest of them, though, mate, were, bar in mind, uh, fairly reasonable prices uh, and didn't carry the first, well, may have carried the first colours, but certainly weren't the stable number one. So it is worth bearing that in mind ahead of the Oaks. Although, if Love wins, I won't be fussed. I really like the filler. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in to this episode of Turf Talk we've, we've had a hell of a lot to go through we wish we could stay and talk about it for longer and properly analyse this, this is the big handicap at Epsom we've not even managed we've not even managed to mention a couple of really good two year old races as well the Woodcut the Dragon Stakes the Marble Hill uh, that I say 
Time discloses all, as it says at the clock at the Curra. Uh, thanks to everyone for, t- <laughs> for tuning in, and we'll see you all again next week. See you soon. Stay safe.